everyone, and welcome to episode nine of the Off the Hinges podcast. Thank you, and thank your e-holes for joining us today. If you joined us last week, you'll know exactly what that means. If not, looks like you got some catching up to do. I'm here with Brandon, as always. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. And today, we are changing our platform from a two-person no-holds-bar debate to a three-person we have with us Josh from Dead Jester Productions. He's Hello. joining us today for the show. How you Thank doing, you for Josh? Me. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Excited. In case you've missed it, we joined him on his show a couple of weeks back. So if you haven't checked that out, we'll throw a link in there for you to go check that out as well. And uh, he's going to be joining us today for our debate. We have going on the big meat versus vegetables debate. Those damn vegans. Brandon knows all about that. Ooh. Ooh, I love it. You, you got my juices flowing. We did talk about it a little bit on Josh's show, so please uh, go check that out if you haven't yet. And we're going to be continuing it on here. Very excited. So let's get ready to rumble. So do you want to tell everyone a little bit about your show? Sure. So I do the Dead Just Productions podcast. It's part of our brand. We do like a bunch of streaming and stuff like that. Um, but on our show, we, it's just anything and everything. We do a lot of like gaming-related stuff, especially since we've been streaming on Twitch quite a bit more. But yeah, we had you guys on episode 38. So we're up to 41 we have recorded, getting released uh, here in October. But yeah, we just talk about anything and everything. We have guests on quite a bit. We try to do that, just to have different voices on so it's not the same two obnoxious people every week. And then, uh, you know, we kind of... Uh, we, we lack some experience as older people might have, to put it in a nice way. In case you missed it, Brandon, we are the two obnoxious people. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's the, that, that's the formula that we follow. It's the same crap every week. Uh, we're, we're, Marcus and I are like an old married couple. We just bicker back and forth. <laughs> you guys that's, are more that's experienced, all though. Well, I, 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 you know, to define experience, I, I think my life is uh, up until this point a collection of failures that, that, that's got me to, to where I am now. <laughs> There's no version of failure, Brandon. You've got to remember, every failure, you're just checking out what doesn't work, leading to you what does work. Bad experiences are still experiences. Amen to and <laughs> I, I, I will say, the true spiritual masters, you got something when you look at anything in life and you can say, I, I bless that experience, and I'm thankful for that experience. Shortly before his death, Richard Pryor, famed comedian uh, who I freaking love and everyone should absolutely be aware of, cultural impact, a, a, a powerhouse of, of influence, uh, need I say more. But he was asked, he had Parkinson's disease, and he was asked what, uh, you know, what he thought of it, what he would say about it, and he called it uh, a gift. He called it a gift. He said his entire life he was rushing around and he was drunk and on drugs and screwed up and in show business and everything was screwed up in his life. But now that he has this horrible disease, he can finally slow down and smell the roses and live his life for the first time ever. So thank God for Parkinson's disease. Now that's how you look at things. Yeah, how many, how many times you can hear someone say that? Thank God for Parkinson's disease. Right, right. And if you have that mindset, then everything is a gift. And it's not a matter to quote uh, Cheryl Crow and soak up the sun. 
<laughs> Here we go. My my first Sheryl Crow quote of many this evening, but you know it's not a matter of it's uh, getting what you want. It's it's about wanting what you've got. Amen. If you like what you have and want what you've got, you're always happy. Problem solved. So yeah, a lot of failures and a lot of experiences that led me to that perspective, and, and thank God for them because now I'm uh, the happiest SOB in the world. <laughs> Yeah, yeah case, no, every day I'm thankful for coronavirus because it helped me launch our Twitch channel and really get our, our brand mm -hmm. off the ground. Oh, you just started that whenever? We actually started, started right at the beginning of the year. Okay. Um, it was something we've been building up probably since last September or so. Um, but yeah, once the coronavirus hit, I actually was able to like jump really into it because I was home a lot more and spent a lot more time kind of working on designs and things like that and really editing more, especially with the streaming. Yeah, my life really hasn't changed all that much. <laughs> Still go to work every day. So in case you didn't know, I will leave with this preface. Brandon's wife is a vegan? Well, she was a vegetarian when we met all those years ago. 2012, to be exact. She was a vegetarian. I was not. Well, I tell you, she switched me to the dark side, man. She's never been technically a vegan. A vegan avoids all animal products, but I, I must say we're, we're closer now to being vegans than, than we ever were before. Just, just combined as, as a family unit. I would say we're 90% vegan. Do you know why you can't get everyone on board the, the vegan train? Because them country folks, what? they don't like, they don't know what all these things means. Vegan, vegetarian, Everything. There's too many terms. Too many terms. Too many it's terms. Confusing. And I and I get that a lot. I've I've had people say, You're a vegetarian. Uh do you like do you eat French fries? Yeah. Uh, are you a vegetarian? Do you uh chocolate? <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, do you do you yes. read books, man? Do you read books? <laughs> what and then the big question as always, oh man, you don't eat meat. What do you eat? Well, anything that's not meat. So what's the big simple? What's the big deal? <laughs> why why do it? Well, why do I do it? I, I guess a selfish reason I would say it makes me feel great. It makes me feel the best. And even if it didn't, even if it somehow made me feel worse, I would still have to look at the the collective impact, the collective net impact in animal products and say, hey, look, it, is it really worth this feeling? If it made me feel great, if I felt great, but I knew it was destroying the environment and hurting my body and all this stuff, and it's, you know, really, man, is that, eh, is it really what I want to do? But yeah, I, I two part, I, I, it makes me feel the best physically, and it makes me feel the best uh, spiritually and socially. Okay, so do, do you think that it's your own mind playing a trick on you that you're feeling that way? Or do you think you actually feel better? No, no. I, I, th I think I feel better. I definitely think I feel better. I, but, and I can say that, and I, I think my, my point would be somewhat more valid than somebody else's because I ate meat for many a year. Okay. So I, I could say, I've, I've never eaten meat and I never will. Okay, that's one thing. But holy Christ, I ate it for over 30 years. But I think there's a, there's a misconception 
at least in my opinion, that going the the vegetarian or, or vegan route is the right way to do it, right? I, I don't think that. I'm 100% carnivore, right? I was on the meat diet before it had the name the meat diet. So I got some stats for you, and I just want to get your thoughts on them. Oh, here we go. Okay, meat man. I like stats. You like stats. I, I like we, stats. we deal with the facts here. This, this show is about the facts. For the remainder of the show, Marcus will be referred to as the meat man. <laughs> I'll take it. All right, so here we go. Mr. Veggie, we got this. So we'll work little by little. I'll give you a couple of facts and let me know what you think. Okay? We'll debate it. We'll debate. All right. We'll I debate like it. it. Josh, feel free to get in here. Happy okay. to. About 90% of U.S. croplands suffer from topsoil loss. 13 times the sustainable rate. 92% of soybeans, a vegetarian staple protein, are planted with genetically modified soy immune to herbicides. This immunity allows soy farmers to douse their fields with large quantities of weed-killing herbicides, which are toxic to other plants and to fish. The soybean deal. I I will let our our guest give his two cents first. I actually grew up right next to a soybean field, which was interesting. They never sprayed it with anything. Uh, they just planted it and let it grow. Whether or not they were like engineered soybeans, like if they uh, modified them at all, I don't know. But yeah, they had a ton of them there, and I know they switched in between that and I forget what kind, some sort of like field corn that they they just fed to like cattle and and deer and things like that. But as far as you mentioned, like field, uh, like the topsoil decay, at least around here, I don't know enough about the farms, but it, it seems like uh, everything always went pretty darn swell. The source for that was the Union of Concerned Scientists. Uh, it was in a document called Roundup Ready Soybeans, published January 19th, 2011. If you want to check that out, ucsusa.org. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's uh, my rebuttal. Drum roll, please. What I have to say about that. Yes, soybeans are some of the most laden GMO uh, uh, foods out there. Yes, yes, we know that. And a lot of farmland, unfortunately, is being used to grow these soybeans. Yes, soybeans can be awesome for a vegetarian because they make one of my favorite things on earth, which is tofu. Uh, obviously best to get the non-GMO organic tofu, far better quality, far better for you. But tofu is the bomb. You got to try it, get the extra firm. Just bake it at about 450 for an hour. Tastes just like chicken, I swear to you. I wouldn't lie to you. Come on, I wouldn't lie to you. But uh, you got to salt and spices to, to taste. But the thing is, those soybeans are most likely being grown to fed animals to eat. Fact for you, meat man, 56 million acres of land are used to grow feed for animals. Only 4 million acres are producing plants for humans to eat. It takes up to 10 pounds of grain to produce one pound of meat. Grossly inefficient vastly inefficient. The majority of those soybeans would be used to, to feed animals. Why can't we just grow f food to feed us? 
and cut out the middleman? Why do we have to fatten up another animal to kill it and eat it? Why can't we just grow vegetables and eat the vegetables? For everyone to to be having, you know, their own plot of land to be farming vegetables is is not going to happen. I don't think there's enough space in the world to give everyone a chunk of land to say you're responsible for doing that. Uh, the whole premise of relying on our own plant-based food system, there's still plenty of animals that die during that process. People just say, I'm a vegetarian, so they could ease their mind, just like the people that buy from the store rather than going to the butcher direct, you know, rather than going out, getting the cow themselves and chopping it up in their backyard. They do it from the grocery store to make themselves feel better because they're not putting a face in the animal. I think the same thing is going on here. There's a, a statistic that says per every acre, and this was a study done by the Oregon State University by Stephen Davis, per every acre, about six animals die during the harvesting process. 52 to 77% of the animals, such as birds, mice, rabbits, that live in agriculture crop fields are killed during harvest. So one's okay because it's not a, you know, a cow, but it's okay because it's a rabbit. It seems a little hypocritical. Hmm. Well, life, life is life, obviously, and that's an incidental kind of a thing. I mean, I, I think a, a mouse being run over by a tractor that's harvesting, harvesting vegetables is a different story than having acres and acres of, of cows that are hundreds and hundreds of pounds and raised just to murder them, to, to eat them. When there, there really is no need. What are your thoughts there, Josh? I don't know that we necessarily want to move on to like the talks like the slaughterhouses and stuff like that yet. But it... Talk where you want, man. Don't worry right. about it. Talk where you want. I'm going to say it just from the, the amount of effort that goes into actually slaughtering all of the animals and things like that, as far as like all the mechanical aspects of it, like powering the buildings, whatever would need to go into that, whatever they use to slaughter them. Instead of that, as opposed to just running one tractor and harvesting the, the fields, from an energy standpoint, it seems more efficient just to, you know, on the, to have the plants, but trucking everything in as well. You're going to be trucking everything in, you're feeding mm -hmm. the cattle, but the same thing, you got to, um, you're going to have a pretty high water bill, right? Now, not everything can be done by areas of the country, areas of the world that are, are desolate. You're going to have to do irrigation there. Sure. Right. I, th I think you might be looking at just a, you know, it might stay on the same, if you were, stream as it is right now. Speaking of water use, we'll talk about water use. So water use, fact for you, a single cow used for milk can drink up to 50 gallons of water a day. Twice that amount in hot weather. It takes 683 gallons of water to produce one gallon of milk. So 683 gallons of water, one gallon of milk. Does that sound efficient? And now we'll go one step even further that it takes almost 2,500 gallons of water to produce one pound of beef. I mean, holy God, no wonder there's a water crisis. We're just fattening these animals up, pumping them full of water and soybean. Newsflash, people, cows don't eat soybeans. Duh, that's not what pigs and everything eat. They're supposed to be grass-fed grazing, not pumped full of corn and GMO soybeans, and you wonder why it's bad to eat them. They're full of the pesticides and the GMOs that we're pumping them full of. 
the crap uh, food that they're not supposed to be eating by nature. And then we wonder why they're so unhealthy to eat. No, I think he's spot on as far as the, the different types of things that we're feeding them. I was going to add on to what I was saying about transporting things. Uh, over 1,500 slaughterhouses, I guess, were closed in the 2000s alone, which doesn't seem like a lot, but these are large organizations. Uh, and this causes a lot of animals to be shipped across state lines. You know, you can probably imagine how many cows fit into one of those little trailers they have on the back of a truck. Imagine the number of those being shipped across from Vermont to New York, which only has about 48. They're transporting these cows to other states because it's more efficient and they'll get a higher payment off of, you know, they're in more demand and they'll get more money for shipping them to New York as opposed to in Vermont. And so it, it it's just inefficient, even though they're making more money. So why is that? that that's a question. Why is that? you're treating these animals like they're not living things, like, like they're just a, a, a commodity. I mean, by definition, you, you could say that they are. I mean, I could see if it's a bundle of wheat or a, a, a shipment of apples or something like that. But I mean, every mile on that road, the animal's suffering, then it's going to go to the slaughterhouse and being Paul McCartney said, if quote, that if slaughterhouses had glass walls, uh, that everybody would be a vegetarian. You actually saw what happened in there. But we're so far removed from the the physical presence of the being, the spirit, the soul of the, uh, of, of the animal. And then from, all you see is a chicken nugget or so, a pound of ground beef. So the premise of it is, is morally wrong to eat animals, but not morally wrong to eat plants. Correct? I, I, I would go with that. If, I would say going, yes to that. If you're going with the presence that, you know, it's morally wrong because, you know, it's a, it's a living, breathing creature, right? I got this for you. Researchers have shown that plants respond to electrochemical threats and may feel fear. This is published by Derek Jensen in his article, The Plants Respond, in an interview with Cleve Baxter, that says that he has proven that plants feel some molecular form of fear and know that they are threatened and he says that they could he could tell that they're causing harm to the plant so the question is if every organism on earth dies if it has for thousands of years you're not going to be around uh, yes there needs to be some sort of, of fair treatment because I, I don't think you stop doing it all together you know it, you're going to have to eat a, a cup and a half of of beans to get the same protein as you were with an ounce of, of beef. And statistically proven, there is no actual, you don't live longer for eating plants as you do with eating meat. It's, it's bad, eating meat is bad for you up to the point where you're 65. And then after 65, it has a re, reverse effect because something in the, in the meat as a protein is more easily absorbed into you. And it actually evens out to where you don't have a better lifespan because of the fact of not eating meat. So people have been eating meat for, for thousands of years. This is how the world has evolved. Are you going to tell a, a lion in the Sahara not to eat meat? It's the way the world goes. It's what has allowed our evolution to progress as far. By the way, I don't mm -hmm. stand either, either way. I go through periods of my life where I eat meat. I go through periods of my life where I don't eat meat. 
I'm just saying people should have the right to choose some. Brian, you look like you're going to kick my ass. I'm intently listening. I'm waiting for my chance to respond. Go ahead. You've got it. Flow is yours. All I have to uh, say about the, those ideas. Uh, so where to begin about, about the plants being sentient? I have no doubt that plants are sentient beings. Okay. I think that's, that's entirely true. By definition, they're a sentient being. They respond to pleasure. You know, they, they try to get sun and water to make them live. They shy away from from what doesn't make them live. A plant's going to grow in the direction of sunlight. Your house plant, you know, you put it in the living room, it's going to grow direction toward the window. I think there's a, a, a quantum leap of logic there to say that that's the same consciousness level of a plant in, in, a, in a mammal. I think that's, that's way... I'm not saying they're the same thing. I'm just saying if you're, if you're putting a, a sentient being in, in a category here, what would then make it outside of that? Because does it have eyes and doesn't talk? It speaks plant language. <laughs> What's, uh, is it, can anyone speak plant? Can any of our listeners speak plant? Anybody it's, out there at I all? I don't know. I have, a, I have a small little bonsai tree here that might be agreeing with you. Uh, but I can't hear what it's saying. Listen closer. But there is a theory... There are fruititarians. Fruititarians eat nothing but fruit. They say fruit is the only karma-free food, plant, tree, whatever, can bear fruit, and the tree still survives. You know, okay. the apple tree drops a, an apple down, doesn't kill the apple tree, it's just what it does. Whereas if you, you know, harvest a stock of broccoli, you know, you, or a cabbage, you pull it out of the, the earth and you consume it. But that cabbage uh, or broccoli or whatever, I mean, they, they go through their lifespan. They do what they do. And then at that point, they're going to die anyway. So why not eat them? But Can a, you say a, the same thing about was, people that, you know, raise animals but do so in a, uh, in a good manner? You know, the honest farmers out there that only harvest their meat at the end of a life cycle when the cows already dying? I was actually going to say a similar thing, like, you know, a lot of the, like hunting, some a lot of people are against that, but odds are that deer's going to die fairly soon if it runs into traffic anyway. They don't, they don't, I imagine they don't all have that high of a life expectancy anyway. Exactly. Um, if people yeah. stopped hunting, the higher the population would be, and you'd have more, more deer getting hit by cars. <laughs> yeah. I think the idea that, and, and Marcus made a point about, you know, what do you tell the uh, Aborigines tribe to not eat wild boar heads anymore? Well, that that's, I, I think it comes down really to necessity. Chris Rock made a joke one time about how people that are on their way to hunting in the woods drive past a grocery store. So, so sure, there are traditions out there. There are Native Americans, ate animals, different ways, different uh, indigenous people, different tribes and so on throughout history and, and still do, but they didn't have access to Aldi and Walmart. You know, is it still a tradition? Sure. 
that tradition says, oh, my family's always hunted. And that tradition is rooted in necessity. But shouldn't, shouldn't we evolve? I mean, what, what other traditions that, that are 300 years old that are no, are no longer uh, valid at this point? You're saying it, that we should move away from meat because it's convenient for us not to do it anymore. Well, I think now we have so many other options. We do have a lot of options. We do. And again, I'm not looking down on anybody for choosing to do so. Right? I prefer meat. I was going to go back to what you said about the Chris Rock bit about driving past convenience store to go hunting. I know it's probably a case in a lot of people, but like where I said, where I grew up, my relatives literally would just walk outside our house into the woods. We had it right around us. It's not necessary that everyone's going out of their way to do that. I know a lot of people hunted on their own land and then would harvest the deer literally right there. They'd butcher it themselves or whatever it is they're hunting. I've done it. I will say that there is a galaxy of difference between walking out into the woods and humanely killing with one single shot an animal that never saw you coming, that one minute it's alive, one minute it's dead. It lived its entire life in the wild. It got to reproduce and run and, and buck and prance freely and wildly, eat its own habit, eat its own natural diet, live in its own habitat, and one minute it's there eating, grazing on grass, and the next minute it's not. That's the humane way to do it. There's a world of difference between that and having a whole 10 football fields full of uh, miserable, diseased animals that are just waiting to get killed and cut up. There's, there's two different things. I think there is two different things. Uh, I'm all about the fair mm -hmm. treatment of animals, you know, even though they are meant for to my point, my consumption, they, they are mentored for like that. So I, I do say that is bad, yeah. right? When I'm at the store, do I, you know, vote for something with my wallet that says cage free, even though I really know that means absolutely nothing? I do. Maybe eventually they'll get the head. Uh, but what's going to happen if we just say, all right, all these, we have how many cows in the United States? Just, just go live your life. We're going to take down the fence. You're responsible for yourself. They're all going to get eaten by wolves, by bears. Might as well be Marcus. I hope they come and eat Marcus. <laughs> That's not very nice. This is supposed to be a respectful show. Wouldn't that be the ultimate irony if Marcus gets eaten by an animal? He who loves to eat by one of those cows that escaped. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want to see happen. If they get a taste for flesh and they're like, got to go big now. Because no, Marcus would be delicious. <laughs> I would. No, I, I, I agree with what you were saying. With uh, There is a difference between hunting something in the wild, you know, that, that has an op it, It's It's more sporting for sure, because at least it has a chance to survive as opposed to literally just being held in a giant slaughterhouse. Like I said, we don't, at this point, we actually don't, my girlfriend don't get, don't buy meat from the, the grocery store. We get it from a, a local butcher where they have just a couple of like uh, animals that they keep and they'll, they'll slowly harvest. It's, I like that it's not processed. Obviously a little bit healthier, at least that way, but. You know where it comes from. Exactly. As opposed to the bacon that sits in there and lasts for how long you buy in the store. And it's like, that is going to last longer than that animal would have lived on its own. There's no way that's, that's natural. Expiration date is OMG. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
And these, this stuff has been proven for you. Sodium nitrite that's in processed meats has, is a known, disease. it's a known carcinogen. We mm -hmm. know this. It's not question. like it's 1850. I didn't know that. We know it. I got a question. So we're talking about the inhumane treatment of, of animals in slaughterhouses, right? Name every place you've ever seen a video or a document on the inhumane treatment of animals. It's always been on what? So it's been on other videos or documents produced by the people who are all about, you know, being a vegetarian or being a vegan or whatever, right? So are you in a way getting brainwashed? You're only seeing the 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 tip of the negative implications of of having, you know, farm-raised animals. I'm sure the there's an act, there's the Humane Methods of Slaughter Act, which mandates livestock be stunned uh, unconscious before slaughter. Correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they use like electricity to stun them and kind of render them unconscious? Isn't that yes. what? They're yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Don't I feel like a lot of those cases aren't? I think they're taking chickens and hanging them upside down, putting them through like a uh, through water. But but again, is that just the the tip? Are you only seeing you know from the environmental conscious groups? Are you only seeing the top the the ten horrible places in the world that do that? as opposed to the others is what i'm trying to say we we talk so much on the show about staying away from the right wing politics and staying away from the left wing and being in the middle mm -hmm. is this just another form are you in the the midst of meat politics and we're just on you know i'm on the right side brandon's on the left side and we're just need to meet in the middle i agree with having animals properly raised in a good environment, monitoring what they're eating, so you know you're putting the healthiest thing in your body, but I think you should have a right to choose whether or not to do it. And again, likewise to that effect, if you choose a complete vegetarian diet, there's only one thing I gotta say, more meat for me. How much am I gonna consume during my life? 30, 40 cows? How, much, how many cows have you already eaten? How many cows have you eaten today? Four at least. <laughs> That's the real question. Hey, folks, guess what? You are what you eat. That's what we tell a kindergartner, right? You are what you eat. So the question, eating meat versus the vegetables, I mean, how many people, could you honestly say to a little kid or to yourself or whatever, if you had this big, greasy, fatty piece of meat there and you had a piece of broccoli or a salad or whatever, I mean, do you honestly think that meat is as healthy as that vegetable? Do you think they're equal in terms of uh, saturated fat and, and, and health? And I think the saturated fat, correct me if I'm wrong here, but that's coming from your vegetable oils and your canola oils, which are plants. Which are plants, but also in, in, in meat too. I mean, holy God, I think we know that just the consumption of red meat, especially with the saturated fat, with the blood pressure, with the heart disease, uh, we, we know about those and the, the dangers of the processed meats, the sodium nitrite, the carcinogens. Um, we know all about these things. Just uh, folks at home, please check out the documentary Game Changers on Netflix. The Game Changers, I say again, that's on Netflix. That clears up a lot of this stuff. I tell but you again, that. that one one side of the wing, right? Oh, very, very pro-veggie, of course. Of course. However, 
I think everybody should need to watch, should watch that and make up their own mind. Because again, they're just putting facts out there. They do blood samples of people that eat meat and eat vegetables. You can see it for yourself. There is so, no agenda. I mean, see it for yourself. Did you ever see that, Josh? No, I know you'd recommended it to, uh, to me when we were on our show. And I actually added it to our Netflix watch list, but I've not had time to watch anything. Well, it's on the watch list. As soon it as is. you get done with uh, Ozark season three, you can uh, move on. We're on the watch list, Brandon. I'm on the watch list? We're on the watch list. We're on some no, sort of watch list. A lot of that stuff comes from the oils that the food are cooked in, right? A meat-centered diet can help with weight loss. And I got some facts. Just like always, there's some facts. One serving of lean beef, three ounces, contains as much proteins as beans to the point of one and a half cups or one veggie burger. However, the lean beef is half the amount of calories, 180 against 374, and 50 to 75% fewer calories than the veggie burger. So you're putting this stuff in the burgers to make it taste better, driving up the calorie count. Why there, There's a reason why they have burgers that everyone says, oh, this tastes like beef. This tastes like – that's because that's what people want. People want meat. I think that people don't want the guilt associated with it because they, there's no way that they could, you know, shove a slab of steak on their mouth and, you know, have uh, – have their dog cuddle up to them at night and then feel better about themselves. I think mm -hmm. that's the only thing here. I think, I think the problem isn't really a meat versus vegetables debate. It's more of a the meat against your own damn conscious debate. Hmm. That's, that, that's surely a big part of it. It so begs your question, Brandon. Please. If meat didn't come from an animal, right? If this hunk of meat or a hunk of byproduct was just at the store, not associated with any animal, and was proven not to be any, any animal. Would you choose that over the vegetables every time? Wait, what's it made out of? I'm just saying, like, say it's a hundred. Say it's the same. Say it's the same as vegetables. 100% made out of vegetables tastes exactly like it. I'm just saying, same consistency as meat. The, the only premise of this example of, if the meat didn't come from the animal and it was just like a separate entity on its own, would you pick that over vegetables if they're proven to be made from the same product? Is it a ground-up homeless guy? Is, is that what it is? Is it a human being? That's none of your business. All right. In that case, uh, in the, uh, if it was plant-based, plant now, I will say no to that, and here is why. As a meat as a as a recovering meat addict, uh, you know, like uh, you know, MA right, AA whatever. But the, is recovering meat uh, user. I will say, like you said, that people impossible burgers. That's that's big now. Why? Because they taste like meat. I was going to mention that too. I my experience with the Impossible Whopper at, at uh, Burger King, I didn't see any marketing for it. I was on the road one day while I was at work. And I went through the drive-thru and I saw it was a new thing. And I was like, got it. I'll order it. I didn't realize it was not meat until I read about it later on. No, they're good. I've tried yeah. them before. I no, like they're them. They're really good. Now find something like that that tastes like a ribeye and I'm down. Yeah. I think that, that comes back to the, the dead homeless guy that's going to be ground <laughs> up. 
I just don't have nutritional information on that yet. Have so you I, ever been to New York? On that. Uh, yeah. Been, yes. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to like Times Square where it's just riddled with homeless people? There's your solution. There's your solution. <laughs> I think we've solved the problem. If you have you to know, eat we like, meat. <laughs> we like to talk about population control with animals. This is a much more humane way to, to clean up populations. Let's get it done. Someone get me a rib Let's eye. get it done. What candidate's going to – that's the candidate I'm voting for. I think we're getting, we're getting too far out there. Any, anywho, let me uh, – back to uh, sensibility here. It's my role in the show, folks. Uh, I'm the uh, straight guy, straight edge guy here. But the Impossible Burgers, the Beyond Meat Burgers, th- that's wonderful. That's great. That's marketed for somebody who is, likes meat and is trying to cut back. Oh, I can't eat vegetables. It has to taste like meat. Well, that stuff, you want to talk about stuff that's made in a lab. Holy Christ. I mean, yeah, hand, yeah, compare that to a ground beef patty. It's probably going to be worse for you. Talk about GMO. Talk about processed food. I mean, those Beyond Meat patties are or they're anything but healthy. The only benefit is they, they're, they're not meat. Uh, you know, it's all the crap associated to uh, spirituality and morality and the environment and all that stuff uh, that doesn't go with them that it does with meat. But besides that, I, I wouldn't say that an impossible burger is a, is a healthy choice or can oh, be no, compared no, no. to a plant-based diet. Uh, but they do say it is plant-based. But however, I, I will say that if somebody is really having the hard time or, or even wants to cut back on eating meat. Uh, do that impossible. It's, it, can be, it can be worse than meat. Do that impossible. Do it once a week. Meat out Mondays, folks. That's a big vegetarian thing. Uh, meat-free Mondays. Come on now. Just don't eat meat one day a week. I know if you mentioned did that, it'd be huge. I know you've mentioned um, that you like tofu. You're a big fan of tofu, right? So what do you say Love it. to the 7% higher greenhouse gas pollution from tofu as opposed to eating meat. That's right. If you're farming meat, you have uh, a certain amount of of pollution, greenhouse gases, right? Uh, Tofu is proven to be 7% higher by the World Wildlife Federation. I mean, is that that because of tofu or is that all those freaking soybeans that were were grown to keep these cows miserable and barely alive? I mean, all this... Out of all the soybeans that are grown, but if we want to say, talk about pollution, the massive pollution that raising these animals just to kill them, what it does, I mean, realize that animals on U.S. factory farms alone produce 500 million tons of manure each year. That's soaking into our water. It's unavoidable. It's the same planet. So in in that same scope, the tofu is 7% higher. In a, as opposed to theirs. Yes, we're saying that that's for the meal made for the cows or made for the, the farm-raised animals, but you're still in there, right? That, that there's, there's a percentage of that still going to, to the human population, and it's still 7% higher, right? If you cut the cows out of it, then the cow's share would be zero, and the tofu share would be 7%. Well, I think... Uh, <laughs> I think cow farts uh, are going to make more uh, greenhouse gases than uh, your average soybean. Not according to the, the World Wildlife Federation. Well, if that's the case, then we should be getting rid of the cows, right, and eating them. 
So we'll cut down on their methane production. Exactly. See, it's all coming together. I'm glad we've all <laughs> come to the same side here. <laughs> I was very prepared for this one, Brandon. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Interesting indeed. But I think uh, a, a big part of this comes back to the big question. You know, meat is considered to be a luxury in many parts of the world. The Maybe meat for the is for the rich. For the rich. The meat is a luxury. And I've, the, this factory farmed meat empire that we have, when our grandparents were kids, it wasn't like this. We're talking about a whole different game now. A whole different game than what it was before. So do, the question is, does a human being need to eat meat? As evidenced by my uh, <laughs> being alive right now, there is no. Do we need that? Okay. Do you so use therefore, it's a luxury. Do you use supplements to, for iron? And do you use supplements to counteract that? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm multivitamin. Yeah, multivitamin. I, 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 do, I do take a B vitamin as well. Okay. Do you take a multivitamin? I, I do take a fish oil supplement as well. A fish oil supplement, okay. Which, um, which, yes, is made from fish. So I am a consumer, I guess, in one way or another. Huh? So I, I have a question. In, in America, 95% of the U.S. population of, populations of meat in the grocery stores comes from U.S. farmers. You wouldn't be able to convert them all into soy farmers or rather other corn farmers and so what do you do with those those people because you're also saying hey buddy screw you mm -hmm. what do you say to those i'll let our guest answer that i was I'll, I'll add to that as well like let's say you get rid of i know like with hunting as well there's five hundred thousand jobs connected in one way or another to hunting in the u.s so where like where do they go as well i, I know a lot of those are with either like weapon manufacturing uh, or selling like, you know, tree stands, anything related to in that capacity. Obviously, a lot of those could probably be manufacturing positions for other things, maybe vehicles, cars, stuff like that. Or they could switch to like military production, I suppose, where we seem to be pretty big on that. <laughs> but yeah, as far as like farming goes, you already mentioned the water, uh, water shortage. That could become an issue as well if you're, if you're trying to switch to, uh, you know, switching from animals to plants soybeans corn whatever it is you're trying to plant mm -hmm. don't know and the, the big corporations the monsantos the big corporations with our gmo seeds and again big business big politics big yeah. farming big pharmacy they own freaking everything they control everything that there is to control they ravage and rape the land everyone's forgetting we're on the same planet mm -hmm. and that grocery bags or the, the garbage bags that you put out for the, the garbage man to come, we think, oh, I'm coming to get the trash. Where's the trash going? Is it being shot into space? It's, it's going right down the road. It, it's the same planet. And all this plastic and all this other crap that we use, it's hurting the environment. Where do you think that's going? You think that's not winding up back in the water system? But I think eating meat is, is a definite choice. That's something that doesn't need to be done. I think the, the, the impacts on the, the environment uh, are undeniable. And I think if everybody, if you were to start small, soul search, and honestly think out of, if you ask 10 people or the 10,000 or whatever, what animal did you eat today? Oh, I'm going to come. And would you like to see how this animal is raised and killed? What are they going to say? 
Uh, no, I'm good. Listen, if you want to, I'm, I'm going to tell you how to, to turn a good population into a vegans. Not me, because I'm besides the point. If you put the picture of the animal on the front of that packaging when you pick it up from the store and being like, this is Betsy, enjoy my burger. I bet a good portion of America would stop eating meat. Would you agree? And also to the same point of that, okay, say you didn't force animals into reproduction. Okay, say that you just have a farm and you have that farm ethically, right? At this point, you wouldn't be able to eat any eggs because then you'd be a goddamn hypocrite because you're eating the babies, right? But say you had a, at a farm where everyone you know, lived all happy and healthy, but when the animals died and they were tested to prove that they were died of natural causes, would that the meat then be acceptable to eat in your eyes? Because it's already dead. To them, it's got less life than a plant. It's already do you dead. Do that? Yeah, do you do that? It's already dead. But then again, how how palatable is, is that meat? Old died of cancer or whatever the hell. Who the hell wants to eat that? I mean, it's how, like eating a diseased. Again, think, you did the prove it wasn't diseased, and it died of natural causes. You know, old age, and you know, sat there for an hour. Mm-hmm. Right? How many people in the world, uh, you know, especially in some some poor countries? you know, have to scavenge to survive in some places, mm-hmm. right? If they, if they run across the, a fresh elk deer or a fresh elk kill, right? And, um, you know, it's killed by another animal. They're going to slice off some of that meat to survive. Oh, yeah. Oh, right? Yeah. So, so if the animal is taken care of humanely and dies of natural causes and there's no diseases in the meat, is that cool to eat or no? Is it still morally wrong? You won't well, you- you asking my opinion? Because I'll yeah. give you my opinion. I'm asking your opinion. So if we, take a step back. Okay. Take a ride with me, uh, if you will, and think. So there's the, the inherent, we, like we said, the, the pollution, the, the, the land use, all the negative things, the environment, blah, blah, blah. That's eating another mammal. Let your mind wander with me, if you will, about the magnificence of the human machine, the machine that can turn that sandwich you ate for lunch into a brain cell. Or in my pregnant wife's case, that piece of pizza that she just ate into a baby. I mean, what other machine can do that? You know, we're talking about alchemy turning something into something else, an amazing machine. No other machine like that in the known universe, they can turn a piece of pizza into a human baby. Crazy. And we do it subconsciously with zero effort whatsoever, do it automatically. So how hard is that for your body to turn another genetic code, all this DNA, to turn a cow into a person as opposed to turning an apple into a person? An apple's an apple. It's one thing. Cow's a cow. Cow's a cow. Cow's got DNA. But the cow has DNA. The cow has genetic code. It's got the codes that say what color its eyes are, what color its fur is, what color its spot. Way harder for the body to make a cow into a person than it is to make a plant into a person. Plants plant just raw material. And your body uses it. What evidence do you have of that? If you have a plant-based diet, the baby comes out in nine months. If you have an animal-based diet, the baby comes out in nine months. 
what evidence is there to say that there's a difference? Well, clearly the, the body can do it, but it's much harder on the body. The body has to work much harder to do so. Uh, Josh, what are your thoughts on this I think idea? Your, I think your point, at least in my opinion, like what I'm getting is you're saying it's a harder strain on the, the human body to, to transform it from the animal it was as opposed to a plant, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I, I can see that. I can see that. It also depends on how you're preparing the foods as well. Um, like grilled, barbecued, like smoked meats at high temperatures. You know, when the fat drops, it causes, um, what is it? Polyclitic aromatic hydrocarbons, which can lead to cancer as well. So you're not, it's not like it's as healthy mm-hmm. as vegetables as well. But I mean, what, what about the nucleus no. of plants? The nucleus of plants is, has their own form of DNA. That's true. It's mitochondria, right? So what's the difference between that as opposed to an animal? They both have their own form That's of DNA. That's obviously far simpler. I mean, it's a, it's a far simpler uh, system, obviously. I mean, plants are much easier to, to digest, a far simpler process mm-hmm. in, in terms of the evolutionary chain, not that plants and animals will evolve from the same whatever, than evolution to begin with. Uh, or not that I don't, hey, whatever. But can you follow the logic on that one, that you just have dead meat rotting inside of your colon? Okay, so here's another That one. sound good? I was, before we continue, I was going to say, it was before, nutritional value aside like morally going back to your the eating the dead animal which is a perfectly healthy yet deceased animal which i think is funny for some reason i don't know why but it, it's perfectly healthy but it's dead let's not mm-hmm. ask why um because <laughs> we old killed age. it old yeah age. Old, old age, age. old age you yeah know? sometimes yeah. your grandpa's healthy when he dies yeah well, let's see grandpa let's see grandpa yeah. yeah again then then we'll have more space to grow crops we don't have to bury people it's perfect it's perfect yeah all right so what about what about pieces of uh flesh that are cultivated in a lab lab meat lab meat what about lab meat because i know they're working on lab meat i don't know if you've heard anything about that but they're working on lab meat but then if that's not an animal at all would you then go to make that branch of those plants can feel fear. You're now the monster. Is it going to get switched around to where that thing's living in the ground? That thing's, you know, taking the sunlight and, you know. I don't that, know that you'll ever be able to convince people to feel bad for a plant's feelings. You, you can, but there's going to be a group that, that'll think that. Don't you agree? Oh, no, you're absolutely right. As a whole, I think as a, a, a majority. As a majority, yes. But the yeah. majority of people aren't the ones that go on TV that argue about this stuff. Very true. It's the 10%. Mm-hmm. And the 10% blames the other 10%. Right? It's not the people in the middle. That's the whole basis of the show is that we're not one side or the other. Absolutely. We're in the middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think that goes back as well to what you were saying about uh, you're always seeing one side of the like slaughterhouse like with, as far as like the, the movies and stuff like that goes. The people in the middle aren't um, passionate enough to be bothered to make the, the films and stuff, I feel like, on any topic, not just uh, not just plants versus meat. Like I said, I don't know. It's, it's hard. A lot of it's like culture as well. We live in Pennsylvania. There's probably a good chance we can get in our car, you know, and drive to somewhere, probably in the middle of the state college, or, you know, mm-hmm. just drive around and find a, a farmer that's doing ethical practices. I don't think that'd be hard to find. I could walk five minutes from my place here. I think it'd be much harder to find one that's doing unethical things to their animals that you see in movies, that you see on TV, that you hear about on the radio. 
in my opinion. That could be true, but they're doing it on a much larger scale as well. It kind yeah. of encompasses the, uh, or it, it overshadows those that are doing it ethically. My mind's not, I mean, I'm not 100% right. My mind's not, you know, made up. That's the whole mm-hmm. purpose of us even yeah. having a show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I will give one more reason in terms of uh, different practices, like we talked about ethical practices and so on. You know, you think of the halal practice that's big in the Muslim world, that the, the, the another animal be killed, uh, it should be bled killed humanely we don't do that in this country i mean you think about that causing the assembly line you shock him and you put a bolt through his brain half the time it doesn't work half the time he's still awake so what does an animal do what does any organism do when it's scared when it's in a life or death situation it's releasing stress hormones it's going to release cortisol adrenaline all these stress hormones so you kill that animal and all that negative energy and all that fear, you're consuming that too. You just killed a scared, shitless animal that's full of stress hormone, that's full of fear. That's how it died. That's how you killed it. And now there it is, and you're going to consume that and you think that there's no connection there whatsoever or consume a pig that's rolling around in its own crap and then eat that pig, right? It's, it's, it's a, how many religions also that don't let you even eat cows or don't let you even eat pigs? There's something to be said for that too. Why is it okay for, for me to go down and have a large uh, you know, Baconator or Wendy's or whatever? Christ, if I did that, and if I was a Muslim in the Middle East, God knows what would happen to me. That's, that's seriously wrong. I mean, I think religion in culture, itself is a, is a whole different debate. Sure. Yeah, it's it's a a lot of it comes down to like a religious or like a cultural debate. Like I said, like especially around here, I, I'm not sure exactly how much out, out where you guys live, but I know especially around here, and I think a lot of Pennsylvania in particular, like hunting is super ingrained in like our our culture. I know hunting was part of our grade when I was in, uh, it was technically elementary school. Like we had to take the hunters hunting trapper safety course, however they phrased it. That was part of our grade. We literally had to do it. I don't know if you guys had the same experience or not, but I've, I've taken it, but it wasn't part of school. Oh yeah. No, it was literally part of our grade. We were, it was a mandatory thing. I've taken it to go hunting. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's such a part of our, our culture, especially right around here. It's like, it's be so difficult to, to convince people not to do it or that it's morally wrong. Like it's just, that's how they were raised. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to need. There was a need to do that 150 years ago. There was a need to do that, sure. What about the people that want to go out and and get meat because they they want to be you know the healthier version of meat, if you will. You know they know the animals' diets from from around, and so so what about those people? Those people still just as bad as the people picking them up at the grocery store. I I would say no. Here's the takeaway from this, kids: that if you're going to eat meat, and that that's the that's the point that I came in my life, the point that I had reached, that I just felt like such a phony and such a liar, that if I'm going to make this animal suffer, and if I'm going to eat this animal and make it die, and have it horribly raised and horribly killed and suffer its entire life just to be killed, just so I can eat it, 
for my pleasure. I don't need to eat it. I, you know, I want to eat it. I like how it tastes. I don't need to. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm an American and it's my, my, I enjoy it. If I'm going to do that, then for Christ's sake, I'll kill it myself. And if I don't have the balls to kill it myself, then I'm not going to do it. I'll do it. And I have done it. Then that's, then, then you deserve to do it. In, in, in my opinion, a chicken nugget. <laughs> there, there's a said, world of difference. I have never, I've been hunting a good part of my life and I have never killed anything I didn't have the intention of eating. I, I know some kids that were like that, that used to just, you know, there's a bird up in the tree and they, you know, shot a buckshot at it just to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. I've never killed anything, nor have I shot at anything that I didn't, number one, knew I was going to get a clean instant kill. And number two, didn't kill anything just to, just to kill it. If I couldn't eat it, I didn't, I won't kill it. Yeah. No, I, like I said, I, I went out right after I turned 12, after we took the test, I, I got the two years in a row, we went out hunting and I got two deer, but I stopped after that. Just uh, my, my family all hunted. We didn't need to, I didn't need to go out. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I'm like, I'm okay with, with hunting. If you're going to eat the animal, if you're going to use it, as much of it as you can i really don't like trophy hunting i find it kind of disgusting honestly yeah yeah i'm not a fan of trophy hunting if you're gonna kill something you gotta eat it not only just because of the like what it is but the um how fake it is you know the insincerity that goes along with it you know the people make it out to be some safari where they hunt it down and and uh you know they they were able to stalk it and kill it when in reality it's a like a for lions, for example, it's just a lion in like a an oversized pen, and they trap it in a corner. Basically, it's, it's yeah, it's awful. All right, guys. So again, what we're saying is here is to make your own decision. I am on one side of it, Brendan's on the other, and I think Josh is somewhere in between. But it's important for everyone to make up your own mind, make your own decision, and that's how you live your life. But please let us know what you think. Do you like the meat or do you not? Great debate this week. Really enjoyed that, uh, seeing both sides of the fence. But please, uh, my two cents, hey, open up your mind, folks. Make sure you're aware of what you're putting in your body, where it comes from. There's a greater sense of social responsibility. I like it. It tastes good. Well, there's a big, long chain behind that. And you liking how something tastes in your mouth, uh, the, all the crap that goes along with it to the environment and for everybody else, is that really is that really worth it? Do your own research. Those documentaries I mentioned were the meat, uh, the Matrix. Look up the Matrix on YouTube, folks, and then look at the Netflix, uh, the Game Changers. Just a, a, a small sampling of, of what's out there. But let us know what you think, please, on uh, Facebook. Off the Hinges Podcast is where we are. We're Twitter at Off the Hinges PC. We're always hashtagging truth seeking. I think we got to the bottom of some truth today. Instagram, we're at Off the Hinges. Off the hinges business at gmail.com. Uh, you get in touch with business inquiries, please uh, let us know what you're thinking. Love to hear from you. We're on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict now. How about that? And we're on pretty much everything. So please do reach out. Let us know what you think. And do one more thing, ladies and gentlemen. Check out Josh's podcast. Please uh, hop on over, give his a listen, and, you know, Get in touch with him. Put it, subscribe over to his channel. If you want to let people know about your show. Yeah, people can just go to deadjesterproductions.live. Deadjesterproductions.live. It's got links to all of our stuff. 
And I stream on Twitch, Digester Productions on there. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 1.30 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time. But yeah, no, thank you for having me on. It was fun. Hey, thank you it. for coming. Thank you if for people, If people are on the fence about trying veggies, definitely try making faux pulled pork using jackfruit. It <laughs> tastes great. You can get your foot in the door without feeling bad about it. You All right. Lie to yourself. Or you could just thank, pick up thank a you, beef Josh. tenderloin like I do every weekend. Marcus is the meat man. He eats meat seven days a week, 365 days a year. So again, please check out Josh's stuff and uh, give us a, a like and a follow on our page. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. See ya.